Support Our Sinclair and listen ad-free. Go to patreon.com slash Our Sinclair. Our Sinclair is also brought to you by the Div MMC Future from the futurewas8bit.com. Quit waiting on tapes and fooling around with WAV files and load your games instantly with the Div MMC Future, a jumperless, switchless SD storage solution for all ZX Spectrums from the 16K all the way to the plus three. Get yours today at thefuturewas8bit.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Our Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about battle cars. Oh. Now, I know that you are a student of the fine art of Demolition Derby. That's true. I do love me a Demolition Derby. Have I you do- been Have you been to a Demolition Derby in person before? Yeah, oh gosh, yeah, many, many, many times, yeah. Where do you go to see such an event? <clears throat> um, the last one I went to was in Winfield at the, uh, at the Putnam County Fair, uh, but it was not a good one. Mm. I've been to two of those. The best ones I've been to were out the sticks of Kentucky for one of their fairs. Yeah. So, so. so what what is it that attracts you to? And for those people that don't know, can you describe what a demolition derby is? Uh, sure. Um, basically, a bunch of goofs get a bunch of junk cars. They all get together in this big muddy area, and then they try to destroy each other's cars. Okay. They're not killing anybody. That's that's the goal. Now, um, what is it that attracts you to the demolition derby? You know, I, I've never been a big car guy, uh, and uh, so I think it's my lack of understanding on how a car works makes me want them to die. And so, <laughs> and also just, uh, I, I have a lust for wholesale want and destruction. Mm. And so I just love uh, a, a, a good car crash. When I was a kid, every once in a blue moon, they would show a big demolition derby from like this Detroit uh, uh, or Wisconsin. Uh, and these were the big, they would have the big, huge bowl, like, uh, like the inside of an arena would be a big round circle. And it would, these were the awesome ones where cars just come barreling out and just slaughter each other. So there, it's not even an oval track at that point, right? It's just like an open arena, like where <laughs> they'd hold right. a rodeo or something. Right. It, it's just a big circle of mm-hmm. dirt. And then, I mean, huge. And then, and people could get up a lot of speed. The problem with going to a local one is you're not going to get the kind of, experience that you would get on uh like you on tv because number one i don't think they do those anymore because people get killed mm. but two they'll like in winfield for example the the track was not very big uh, and secondly it was just literally a big patch of rectangle of dirt and they would hose the dirt down so much that the cars couldn't build up any speed right and so the the collisions were super low end Mm. You know, which is lame. You want to see, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but I want to see some stuff get smashed. As far as yeah. I can tell from the demolition derbies I've seen, there's not exactly a roll cage built into these cars to protect the safety of the drivers. Well, they do actually put safety measures in them. I used to watch this great show. I can't, I've never found it to download the whole thing or buy it. It was called Carpocalypse. I mentioned <laughs> it on ARG one time because we covered uh, a Test Drive Eve of Destruction, which is a game all about car crashes and demolition derbies and crazy races. And there's footage from Carpocalypse on there. And it was a show about these uh, demolition derby guys that met every week, and they and they knew each other. So it's a little like a combination of show about how they built their car, 
their tactics. The, they were all crazy, you know. I love that show. But they actually, you, you can't just, you have to do certain things to secure your car. You have to take, you can't just grab a car. I mean, in the old days, probably not. But now you have to take the car, like move the gas tank, uh, do some other stuff to make the car less deadly, put a, put a, reinforce the inter- interior of it so you don't get killed. So it's not that bad. I've seen cars on trailers that look like they're on their way to demolition derbies. Yeah. They did not appear to have any of those safety measures installed. It looked like an old burn-up heat. Maybe so, maybe so. (laughs) Now, I know that you probably never had any great desire to be behind the wheel in a demolition derby, right? No, I did want to do it, yeah. You did? Really? Oh, yeah. Now, if you were were behind the wheel, you know, or if you were trying to give advice to an aspiring demolition derby driver, what are some some tips to, to secure success in demolition derby? Number one tip, never go forward. Mm. That's the number one tip. Always lead with your rear end. And what you want is one of these 70s cars, like a Lincoln or something. It's like a big old huge behind in it. Mm-hmm. That way you could smash that up and the car will still go. Yeah. You know? and so that would be, those would be my tips right there. You definitely want to lead with your, with your rear. Yeah. You, you need a real boat of car to do that. Okay. And uh, because little stuff like the electrical can screw up your race real quick if something just gets knocked off. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, Aaron... Let's talk about this week's game, which is all about wanton destruction, battle cars. It, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, about, it's about destruction. So, you know, I, right away when we looked into this, I, the name, you know I love the names, Boat, and battle cars, that tickled my fancy. <laughs> and then I looked who published this. I don't know if you looked at who published it. It's published by Games Workshop Limited. Right. The Warhammer people. <coughs> Excuse me. That's right. So that triggered something in me. So I, first thing I did before we get into the game, let's talk about the actual game this is based on, uh, which is a game called Battle Cars. Mm-hmm. All right. Did you know? Have you heard of this game? I when I was just doing the research for the show, I just read that it was based on a a, a tabletop game. Correct. Right. Well, ba- Battle. Now I I don't I haven't played Battle Cars. In fact, I wasn't aware of it. It's also known as combat cars. I'm thinking mm-hmm. over in Europe, it may have been called combat cars, or maybe in America. Um, it came out a year before uh, Battle Cars, the uh, the game, in 83. And what you've got here is a, a game where you, uh, you know, it's a, it's a combat game in cars. Now, the first combat game I remember hearing about in a car was called Car Wars, if you recall that from way, way back. I can't. I think. I think. Uh, Car Wars is a TSR game, but don't okay. hold. Me uh, a TSR <laughs> game, like a like a pen and paper, like Dungeons and Dragons game. That's right. Okay. Anyway, I actually I've played Car Wars, mm-hmm. and it was it was the, the premise was similar. You get in a car, and you race, and you try to blow up your opponent. And you you build a you set your car up, and however you know, however you want to get it out, you know. And this one, so. I assume that Battle Cars, the the pen and paper game or the or the board game, I should say, is the same. So, I guess Games Workshop was like, "Screw this! Let's put this sucker on a computer." And lo and behold, it came to pass. And uh, 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 in uh, 1984, uh, Slug developed this game for Games Workshop. It was uh, uh, the the get this boat. The guy that actually programmed this was Julian Gollop. We've talked about this guy. Oh yeah, legend. <laughs> he did Chaos, Lords of Chaos, XCOM. Mm-hmm. You know all the XCOM games, uh, Laser Squad. He's he's 
he's considered one of the king dogs of programming. Certainly one of the top dogs on the spectrum. Yeah. Um. So you know you, this game's got a pedigree for sure when it, when it comes to that. Now, what is this game? Well, that's a good question because it was not an easy question to answer to even get this game to come up. And I don't blame the game. I blame my lack of spectrum knowledge. It took me a while to understand how this thing works. This is one of those games that sort of loads in sections, isn't it, Bode? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for example, there there's several different race uh, types in this. There's there's like a uh, like a career or a circuit type race. Then you've got a race that's sort of like a demolition derby, where you just get a bunch of cars in a bigger area. And then you've got a a, a, a race where you go through uh, town. And then you've also got a car designer. And you're effectively got... There are basically four different programs on the tape. Right. And so and I had I had a lot of fun getting all that to load up. But I did get it all to load. I was able to try all of it. How did you fare, Bo? Did you have any trouble getting all the stuff to come, come up on yours? Yeah, I got all the modes to load. I had to load a different <laughs> version. Most of the time I use the TZX file, I believe, uh, whenever I'm um, loading these things up. But I had to yeah. shift over to the TAP version. And I think that it has something to do with the fact, with the way that the, the actual programs load within itself. Yeah. I use this crazy emulator that li- literally emulates like it shows a tape deck. Wow. And you put the tape in, and then so I hit play. So, I mean, it was hardcore. I've used this thing a few times when I have these trickier games. Mm-hmm. So, this, t- this is a reminder that in an age where we've got uh, all the easy SD solutions and all that crap, that this, in the old days, it took a lot more effort just to get this stuff to load. Yeah, absolutely. So, it was a, a hard reminder. So <laughs> let's talk about the different modes in this boat that come up. For one thing, what you're not going to see on, on the opening screen or any screen is the ability to reconfigure your control. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. Um, so as I mentioned before, you've basically got a several different modes. You've got like a circuit and where you could race another racer or you could race against time, like a time attack. Mm-hmm. Then you've got your like your demolition derby mode where it's just like an arena battle and then you've got the the run through the city menu where you're going to run through the city and then you've uh, lastly you've got a car designer i mean or, or excuse me a, you've got a, des- a an editor how about that i think it's a designer i would call it a designer <laughs> did you try the, the editor at all oh absolutely that was the most fun part of the game the editor is pretty impressive yeah Frank. let's talk about that first boat um the editors, you. This game comes with what's about uh, ten cars mm-hmm. that you can pick uh, from. Yeah, because it's, it's two. I think it's, it's. I think it's two rows of five. I think there's a full yeah. ten cars in there. Each of them have a cool name, you know. And then you and you have to pick the, uh, the car you want if you're playing another mode. In this mode, you can basically copy one of these cars and then edit it. Or I think you can even start from fresh. And what you're doing when you edit these things is literally putting in the payload and whatnot. Right. You know, do you want a flamethrower? How many how many missiles do you want in a car? Stuff like that. Um, and the the way it's, the cars are presented on the screen, pretty impressive, isn't it, Boat? It is. It's well, it's a it looks like a um, like a blueprint style design where the it's like an exploded diagram. Oh, it's not an exploded diagram, but it's like the the car is transparent and you see the insides. And as you equip your car with different weapons, you actually see them go into the various compartments of the car. It's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. So, if you want to go in there and mess around with that designer thing, you know, it, it's pretty fun. I get it loads up as a separate program. So, the first thing I tried, I'm guessing you tried the same thing, but was the the very first option, which is like the circuit. Mm-hmm. 
And then I wanted to, of course, I didn't want to play against the time because what's the fun of that? You, get, you know, that's no good. So I played against the computer. Now, this is when I was first introduced to the controls of Absolute Suck. <laughs> uh, <coughs> now, these this game was made with the actual ZX in mind. The 48K in mind. Yeah, the 48K. So it even came with these. In fact, I think it was, was it Rushi that had the actual box set of this? Yeah. And showed these off, but someone put up a scan of the actual c- controller overlays. We didn't have these, so we had to. So, but thank God they put that up there because mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, just to start the game, I was like, what God's name am I doing?'" This game also uses a lot of weird key combinations, like some of them involve like the, holding down the caps lock and stuff, weird stuff. Um, so you control basically there are controller buttons that basically uh, rotate your car. Then you've got accelerate and a deaccelerate, mm-hmm. and then and that's it. You go uh, now. Well, you've car, also you've also got buttons that that fire all your weapons. Oh, well, I haven't well. got to the weapons. Okay, yet. okay. <laughs> so that's how you control the car. Okay, now it doesn't sound that complicated, does it, Boat? No, on the and face of it, it seems pretty simple. I will say the very first race I had, I wanted to drop kick the, this out the window because. The control, I had zero control of my car, and that was with knowing the keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this game, I will say, this game does not run at a, what I would call a breakneck pace. No. And so it be, it's, it slowly mopes along to the point where you may have a shot at trying to figure out, how, how, were you, how did you fare control-wise, Boaster? Well, you know, <laughs> once I figured out how to conceptualize, because I was looking at the typed-up docs, right? Me too. I was I wasn't looking at like uh, the the real manual, and so what the typed up docs do is they give you both sets of controls for player one and player two together. Yeah, and so it would be like to turn your car left, it's number one and number seven. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until some folks on the Discord, uh, I think, actually I think it was Hermski, the guy that that suggested that we do this game, the Clive's Club member, he said, this game was designed for two people to be able to play this at once on the same 48K spectrum. So the one, the, the set of keys on the left side of the board is for player one, the keys on the right side of the board are for player two. And once, right. once I could wrap my head around that, it made sense. Did this make me a better player at this game? No, not at all. Yeah. I still yeah. struggled with it mightily. But, Knowing the controls helped very little. Yeah, yeah. But at least I was able to conceptualize <laughs> what they were trying to do. And right. the fact that you can have two people playing this game simultaneously on the same keyboard is theoretically impressive. Yeah, I agree. Um, so on the, on the initial circuit, uh, this track is... The, the layout of the game, you've got t- two screens, uh, one of you and one of your opponent, and they're kind of zoomed in. Then you've got a, uh, a, a central overarching map underneath these two that are right in the middle of the screen. You've got these two circles under each picture, and th- what these do is represent your speed in a very bizarre way. Uh, but I mean, it's, it works, but it, it's just a circle that it fills in as you go faster, slower, it, it unfills in. Yeah, it's it's a it's a unique way to show your speed. It's a dumb way. It's I, I, here's what I think they did though, boat. You couldn't have put like a. They probably couldn't physically put a dial there like a speedometer. 
And so well, this- here's the thing. Actually, I, I'm going to disagree with you about this because what <laughs> what does 75 miles an hour mean in this right. game? I'm, Where I'm, are you? This is a right. gauge, you know? You're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, it does, for what what you're looking for, it does the job. Then underneath that, you've got your, your fuel gauge, and then off to the sides, you've got the overall condition of your car. All right? Uh, and it's got, like, you've got, you can tell if your tires are busted up or your, you know, your front end or whatever, because stuff will get discolored and eventually it'll turn red, and then eventually it stops working. Um, how did you fare? Did you ever even come close to winning this first race? No. Yeah, I didn't either. Did you ever complete a race? No. Okay. Well, I mean, yes, I did complete a race. I think I completed a race where, like, when the when the opponent who was in the lead crosses the finish line, you get this yeah. ungodly sound. It sounds yeah. like something directly from the pits of hell. And yeah. and then, but then the race just sort of continues. And I think that that's there's, that's just there's a reason for that. Okay, um, you have to stop the game manually when you're done. All right, I believe. Don't hold. I believe it's either caps, lock, or shift, and the number six. I think. Okay. Intuitive. <clears throat> you have to do this on every game. Uh, uh, every one of these games, you have to stop it. Now, this came into play big time in the demolition derby uh, thing, which we'll talk about that. Um, this game, it's funny. I played the computer and uh, finally got to use the weapon. Do you want to talk about how the weapons work, boat? Because it was. It's also bizarre. Well, you have different pods in your car, okay? Yeah. And so these pods can contain different weapons, and you push certain buttons to make them, you know, to, to, to expel whatever is in the pod to come out. You've got stuff like smokescreen, oil spill. You've got lasers. Uh, so there's a wide variety yeah. of, of offensive. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's lots of stuff that you can use. And so pressing the according key. Now, the problem is, is that, I don't know. I just had a hard time remembering which, and maybe if I had the overlay, it would help with this. But after looking at the overlay, I don't think it does. We should mention something about the overlay. The overlay is quite bad. It's not good uh, because a proper overlay would give you, you know, it would, it would, it would envelop the keys that you use, and yeah. then above each key there would be some text that explains what that particular key does. That's what yeah. an overlay should do. In this game, you've got the envelopment of the keys, but you don't have what each individual key does. You'll just get like an overall heading that says steering or fire. And yeah. it's hard to imagine a worse designed overlay than the one that came with this game. Still, I would love to have had it. It wouldn't it have done you any good. What, would you pull well, out? I mean, I'd, love to, if, I'd like to have a, a 48K specky with that on. I don't believe that it would have made it easier. I think it would help me because I'm absent-minded as hell. Uh, here's but, here's the thing. The- okay, lift up your hand. Okay, now put your hand down on an imaginary 48k spectrum. How many of the keys can you see with or without the overlay? I can't see any. Right, because your hand covers it up. It's the same thing yeah. as if you had the overlay on. Well, but you can stare down. You can look down there. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm I, my brain's goo. So all that said, I thought I thought this mode was the most entertaining. I will say that uh, it's uh, it's you and, and your opponent. Now I played a few of these games, then I had the computer fight itself for a while for my amusement, <laughs> which is which was funny. That is the Again, this, I, I enjoyed the, that part of it. <laughs> this game goes as a, as a glacial pace, mm-hmm. uh, but it actually helps because at least when you're using your weapon, you can actually look down and see what the heck you're doing. 
and try to figure it out. What I ended up finally doing is I actually took the overlays and put them on one of my screens and then played the game on the other so I could look up and say, try to at least get an idea of which what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, that's probably the way to do it. I like the lasers and I like the flamethrowers. The lasers have this cheesy, basic line effect mm -hmm. that I found amusing. Mm -hmm. I believe this game, is this game in basic? It is mode? written in basic, yes. I thought it was. And so, but I mean, it looks like uh, 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 something I, that I would have done back then, but still, it, it works, you know. The funny thing about this game is, I, I, this happened to me several times, and then it happened to the computer almost every time. And at the time, I didn't know about ending the game. <laughs> What'll happen is you get to a point where your car doesn't work right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you'll just spin around in a circle like an idiot. Mm -hmm. right? That happened to me. And then, so, and inevitably, your opponent would be damaged. The first couple of days, the games, the, the opponent just destroyed me, and then just drove around. And I, and I just didn't know how to finish the game, so I had to escape the emulator and start again. Uh, but a, one or two times where I actually had some luck in damaging the opponent, one time I got him so he couldn't turn, he couldn't turn a certain way. And so all he would do is just go around the perimeter of the, of the, uh, of the battlefield. And all I could do is spin in a circle. And that was just, that was it. We couldn't do anything. <laughs> and at the time, I thought, this is a huge game flaw. Well, no, it's not a game flaw. It's a feature because you have to stop the game. Right. Now, and then whoever has the most damage wins. So it's sort of a, the, the stopping the game thing is sort of a uh, catch-all, mm -hmm. I guess, in, ter in terms of that. Uh, uh, you know, eh. It's, it's a very, the, it's, a, it's that, that sort of feature is something that you would expect out of a system like the Odyssey 1. Where you have yeah, to go in and manually right. stop the game. Yeah. Now, Boat, talk to the people about this third uh, option, about going through the city. So, I can't remember. When you go through the city, it's, what do you do? It's it's not much, it's not a ton different from the first I was going to say, what, what makes it different than the, than the first map? <laughs> Well, I, this is the one I tried. In fact, I only tried it once. It, I, it just, I didn't see exactly what was going on. Good. I'm glad because I, <laughs> I was afraid that I missed out on something major. This is, well, actually, I, and by calling the city, it's, it's referred to as town, uh, if you want the truth. But uh, uh, you basically, it's, we should mention that you pick your cars in these things and then you, and, and then you go. Uh, so and the way you, that the, the way that this works is, okay. How does the um, the car designer interact with the main program? Because these are two different programs. Right. And, I assume it saves it. And on there. So, no, that's not how it works. What oh, it does okay. you is you get a code when you create your car, and you type in that code when you're playing the main game. And that code somehow translates, I'm sure it's like a hexadecimal thing, where yeah. the computer can read that code and outfit your car the way that, that you set it up in the car designer. Oh, okay. that's that number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, duh. I should have figured that out, shouldn't I? I didn't make my own cars. I fiddled with it, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't in a position where I could do anything. I didn't think, if I'd known that, I would have done it because I didn't realize, I thought you had to save stuff to tape. No, no. So go figure. Um, <coughs> excuse me. This game was... Probably well ahead of its time, Boat. Would, would you agree with that statement? No. It was, there's a lot. I would not agree with a, that at all. Oh, okay. Well, please and, and enlighten me. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Um, this game could have been great, and I'll tell you how this game could have been great. Mister uh, Mister Julian should have uh, he should have drawn upon. Actually, I don't know if this game came before or after Chaos, but 
what this game should have been is a computerized rendition of the tabletop game Battle Cars, where you spend your time outfitting your car the best you can, tweaking it, and then when you go, you hit go, and either A, you let the computer take over and it runs all the numbers and everything and you see the race play out in real time, or B, you have a turn-based thing where you're running around this track with an, with an enemy, with an opponent, and you are deciding what to do on a turn-based basis. This action component of the game is by far the weakest part, and the fact that it's written in basic doesn't do it any favors. In fact, that's probably the main problem with this game. You can't make a game that's written in basic run fast. I mean, it just won't. In 1984, yeah. it's not like the Spectrum was a brand new system in 1984. It had been out a couple years, and people knew how to program fast-moving games for it. Speed is never a problem with the ZX Spectrum. What they should have done was written this game in a different language, not made it directly controllable, and make it play out like the pen and paper battle cars game that was already existed by Games Workshop. By the way, just to step back for a moment, the, and I, duh, when you play the opening game, the circuit, there's no fighting. And, and when you play slow, the, the town, it's like a track with fighting. That's the difference. Okay. I, so, I, I, I wanted to make sure I, I wasn't missing that third. That, okay. 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 Because, well, I, I keep forgetting because it's funny. On the first track, after I played the computer once, I just put it on time attack. And also we should mention that there, some of these tracks will have pits. I never needed to use the pits because there was no way I was going to play enough laps where I'd have to go pit. Right. But it's an element of gameplay that would come in handy for a later, longer game. The races are quite long in this game, for sure. Yeah. Let's let's cut to the chase on this thing. Because I think there's a lot of game here. I could absolutely see how this game could get over in the time it was released. I have no doubt in my mind. Because the car battling games, are, the concept's awesome. Everybody wanted them. And this game sort of delivers on that concept. All right? It, it, it's hampered, obviously, like I said, by factors like being in basic and the control mechanism. I mean, this game, you are using like 12 keys on the keyboard to play this game. It's just, it's just too much. There's no, and, and, and like you said, this maybe would have done better as a turn-based thing uh, and, as opposed to doing it the way they did. Here's another, but, here's another thing I wonder about, and I didn't get a chance to play this two-player, but... Um, is there a limit? You know, like on a PC keyboard, there's a limit to how many keys you can press down at once and have the computer recognize what's going on. You know, that's why what the old main machines used to have to build the thing or buy the iPack or whatever. Like yeah. with the Spectrum, can you actually press two different keys simultaneously and have them register at once? I don't. You have to tell me because you've got the uh, spec. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Um, I would assume you can plug two at once because you have to in a couple of instances to get the certain things to. Like the game to end. For well, example. like yeah, caps lock in a in a key is is definitely, is definitely <coughs> true. But I mean, like if you're hot and heavy with this thing and you're playing with somebody else on the keyboard, you're both mashing down multiple keys at once. I wonder, oh, yeah. you know, what's the what's the limit with what the spectrum can recognize? I will say the fact that this is two players simultaneous is impressive. Uh, the fact that you can edit the cars is impressive. The, the courses are long. They're detailed. They're not generic. I mean, there's stuff in the road. You're fighting the terrain. Uh, the fact that you've got pits, there's a lot of elements of this that make it real interesting. The problem for me, and, and this is one thing, I, we've mentioned this a couple weeks ago, as someone who's a modern gamer that hasn't played games like this for a long time, 
and have gotten maybe a little spoiled, it's just too slow. It's too slow, too hard to control. It may be more fun on an actual Spectre where you can get in there with the overlays and stuff, but someone who's trying to emulate it, it's a bear. I had all kinds of trouble playing this, and I wanted to like it because it's my kind of game. Um, it, <clears throat> I will say this, but it wasn't just us that had a problem with it. I looked at the reviews for this. you got to remember, this is coming from a very celebrated programmer. Yeah. Um, Personal Computer Games of February of 85 gave this thing a 70. Uh, and, but it they they were like, eh, it's okay. The, the controls are difficult, but once you figure them out, it's okay. Crash gave this thing a 66. And, you know, Crash usually is pretty solid. They don't give that. anybody a bad grade ever. Yeah, but they were they weren't too keen on this one. But and I'll look this one up. Yours Sinclair gave this a ten. Oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> it's a. They say it's a. Uh, got awful graphics. Uh, it, it also. Oh, it not, I'm well. sorry. Not a ten out of ten. <laughs> okay, this is no. a ten out of a hundred. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they hated it. Uh, so, uh, and I read a couple of reviews that said, mentioned this thing crashed. I will say I didn't have it crash. Mm-mm, me neither. Uh, but I thought it, I actually thought it had crashed a few times because the game wasn't in. I was going to say, do you think that they might have, uh, they might have mis- misdiagnosed the crash without pressing cap six or whatever to end the game? It's possible, man. You know, again, I, I don't know. This was a tough, we tackled this thing early. I mean, I actually p- play, played this right after we got, it came up. And I spent a lot of time with it this week just trying to figure out how to... It took me a couple sessions to even figure out any idea what was going on. This was a very difficult one for a modern player. So if you're... Now, I'm not saying you should get rid of this. This is... Hey, Boat, this is the perfect example of something that should be out on the next. All right? Mm -hmm. Take this game. Jack up the speed of it. Because you can do that on the next. That might be a fun game uh, right there. Uh, use some of the capabilities that the next gives you to to ramp this thing up. If you ramp up the speed a little bit, it might be more fun, uh, but you're not going to be doing anything about those controls, probably. But maybe if someone was going to redo a game, this one probably wouldn't be the worst idea to redo. Absolutely. And, you know, thinking about it from 1984, I mean, how many car combat games were there on the Spectrum? And B, how many car games gave you the level of customization that this game offers? I mean, there is a lot to... to to attract a uh, a gamer at that time to this game. And I can definitely understand, especially the two-player aspect. There, there are so many games that we played. Target Renegade from last week is another example. You just can't undersell the appeal for two guys getting together, you know, two friends that getting together and playing a game together is, is a lot of fun. Yeah. I think this game, I mean, we know the guy that did it is a no slouch. I think this is, like I said, I mentioned this at the beginning of the thing, and you didn't agree, but I just think this was a game where he tried he tried to do too much with what he had to work with. Yeah. I, I think, uh, uh, you know, he's got a lot of game here, but when it, we've talked about this, we just talked about this. If you've got a lot of game and a lot of interesting stuff to do, it all comes down to the gameplay. If the gameplay stinks, you're bummed. Yeah. And the gameplay on this just didn't do it for me. It certainly didn't merit all the trouble I went through to get it up and running. We haven't done a lot of top-down racers um, on the Spectrum, which is shocking because <laughs> we've done more first-person racers on the Spectrum than we have uh, top-down. Um, and we both love top-down. Yeah. It'll be interesting as we move on through our Sinclair to be able to compare this game to some other uh, games from the same genre. Yeah, I agree. But like I said, I wanted to like this. The course, like I said, the, the complexity of the course and stuff were impressive. 
the the weapons layout's impressive, but again, it just it was just not fun. Yeah, yeah, we got some uh, we got some reviews over on our Discord channel. Uh, if you support the show either through Twitch or on Patreon, uh, you can become a member of our Discord server and leave us a review to read it on the air. Paul, aka Hermsky, who is the Clive's Club member that suggested this game, he says seven out of ten. Mad Max, eat your heart out. 1984 gave us our first chance to experience futuristic chaos on the spectrum. I wonder if that pun was intentional. A detailed game with many combat or racing modes to choose from. A nice one-player game, but really came into its element as a two-player game, designing your own car and then competing it against your friends. I had many fine evenings as a teenager playing this. A game that pushed the 48k basic to its limits, being able to present two-player screens simultaneously with the map, data, and detailed damage displays. Sadly, the game's controls were ridiculous and could have been better thought out. Having said that, two people sharing a small keyboard with so many commands was going to be a tall order. The playability is a little jumpy and difficult, but was that bad programming or was it over-demanding multiple procedures? Maybe a game not for everyone, just for the insane. I think that's very yeah. fair. Very fair. I think that's a. I think I, I wouldn't give it a seven, but in concept, I would give it a seven because, like I say, it just it's a it bites off a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rushi says impenetrably obtuse controls obscure a surprisingly deep and advanced car combat title. Wow, Rushi breaking out the ten cent words on that. Yeah, man. If you can muscle your way through the hand achingly terrible key layouts, you'll find an impressive driving model to complement the top-down post-apocalyptic two-player car combat. To put it in a modern perspective, imagine if you combined Forza with Twisted Metal and then had to play it with a Steel Battalion controller. <laughs> Innovative for its time, it's difficult to fully appreciate and enjoy it if you haven't got an overwhelming sense of nostalgia for it. True, true. The Steel Battalion controller thing is, is pretty, pretty on point. Mm. And finally, Chris Folds writes, A new game on me, and I really wanted to like this game, but I just couldn't gel with it. The controls are obtuse to the point of frustration, and I feel are masking the gameplay. I managed a few games and kind of enjoyed them, but I never felt comfortable or in the zone when playing as I was always fighting those controls. I'm told it comes alive with two-player, but we're in isolation, so I didn't get a chance to try that. So I have to judge it as a one-player game. So yeah, I agree with all those reviews. Um, You know, I I think that there is something here, and this is something different. Um, one thing that, you know, we didn't talk about was that Paul mentioned was the detail on the, the damage. You know, you get that same kind of blueprint of your car and as your car is damaged, those parts change color. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, you know, there is, there is a lot, uh, a lot going on here. I just think that the actual action part of the game, uh, sells the rest of the, the stuff short. For sure. Yeah, the damage actually is pretty well done, and it changes different aspects of the game. Your control, your fuel will go quicker. Your you know you lose weapons, uh, but yeah, too it's just too difficult to uh, too difficult to play. Yeah, yeah. Well, Aaron, before we leave, we should probably thank all the fine folks that have joined us live on the old Twitch chat. We record every Friday, uh, and uh, as long as we remain in isolation, we'll be recording uh, at a more European-friendly hour. Um, Retro Gaming Denmark has joined us. Paul Kitching, always glad to see Paul. Edvin Helen joining us from the Man Cave. Picard 2010 is here. Rushi MSX in the house. Real Ruffy is here. 
Uh, thank you guys so much, uh, L. Curtis B. and Gary Hucker, for joining us in the chat. And, um, and Picard 2010, of course. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. We also want to thank our Twitch subscribers. You can subscribe to the show on Twitch and uh, support the, our, our shows that way. You get the same benefits that you do as if you were a Patreon supporter. We want to thank Buck Owens, Chris Folds, Christian Russell, Mohawk Mall, GoTo GoSub, Retro Jerry, Uber Scooper Diver, G Vebke, Frodo NL, Real Joe the Zombie, Still Adolescing, Macintosh, Librarian, Rushi MSX, Mitsuyama, Darkwing 602, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Honored Shadow, and Wing Chun Wolf. Thank you guys for supporting us on Twitch. Don't forget that if you have subscribed to us through your Amazon Twitch Prime subscription, you do need to renew that manually once a month if you'd like to keep supporting the show. We sure would appreciate it. And finally, Aaron, we want to thank Hermski, Paul, one more time for uh, being a Clive's Club member and suggesting this game to us. We also want to thank the rest of our, uh, our Sinclair supporters, uh, Mark Downey, Hermski, Andrew Waite, Cap'n Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Gary Heather, Eric Nelson, Harbonaut, Graham Vebke, Frodo, NL, Tapes from the Crypt, Pixels at Dawn, Chris Folds, Paul Bossman Harrington, and Christopher Hassal. Aaron, next week, it is adventure game time on the Spectrum. And this is one that I've been wanting to play for a while. We're going to be playing The Hobbit. Oh, okay. All right. We'll see how that one goes. You're a wizard, Harry. There's movies, man. <laughs> <laughs> they really ruined it for me. Well, these <laughs> the, the luckily this game predates all of the movies. It even predates the uh, the anime. I guess the animated cartoon was the Lord of the Lord of the Rings. I don't think they made a Hobbit one. Uh, so I think they did. Did they? Okay. Yeah. I think uh, so. Anyway, um, yeah, the Hobbit. I'm looking forward to it. I'm a big Tolkien guy, big, big L-O-T-R guy. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Until then, rewind tape. And press play.